Yep, y'all know what time it is. This is your boy, Justin Cred, and this is the Daily Knicks Podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, we'll be talking about the Knicks media versus Knicks Twitter, evaluating trace prospects for Frank Nilakina, John Wall rumors, and who will finally, finally make the starting lineup for your 2018-2019 New York Knicks. Strap up your Tims. Let's go! Okay, so we're back. I'm recording this pod on a Wednesday, so this will probably drop before the Knicks next game against the Boston Celtics on TNT in the Boston Garden. And I've been feeling some type of way today, um, just on some personal stuff, but the main thing is the New York Knicks media. So there's so many layers to this. I'm going to try to break it down and then come back to my original point. When, if you've ever been in a relationship with someone, right, you like to see a lot of actions speak louder than words or they like to tell you a lot of things. So if you're with someone and they constantly tell you, I'm going to be there for you and they're not there, you're probably going to lose a little faith in them. Well, if they keep trying to tell you that I'm trying to change and they don't change, you will lose a little bit of faith in them. What the New York Knicks media is doing is partly understandable, but also partly mind-nubbing, okay? So there is now a report. I don't even want to call it a report because there, there was nothing to report. People are going crazy because Mark Berman of the New York Post wrote a story saying that the Knicks are acquiring their assets to make a play for John Wall. So I'm going to read the package that he suggested that would take to get John Wall. Okay. So I'll read the entire quote part. Some in the league believe the Knicks are stocking up their young assets and will make a major play for Wall if he becomes available. The Wizards, 9-14, and 14, were said to be ready to break it up after their disastrous start. It would have to be a three-team deal with the Knicks throwing in Neil Aquina, Damian Dotson, Courtney Lee, in parentheses, for cap purposes, a 2021st and second round pick. That is the headline that they... That most people took out. But the funny thing is, is that's not the entire quote. The entire quote ends with him writing, or they can wait to see if uh, Moutier, all of 22, is turning into the real deal. So that is the most extreme quote, not a quote, snippet of an article I've ever read. You want to completely mortgage the team for a guy who is going to make $47 million at age 32 with bad knees. Or you can just hand the franchise over to a 22-year-old guy who we don't know is that good yet. God, this is beyond frustrating. All right, so let's just break this down from the beginning. So 
this, like I said, this isn't a report. He just said some in the league. What does that even mean? Now, I'm not going to get into the super detail about what are sources, who's a source, how do you find a source. Some in the league means nothing. That could just be the assistant GM for the Grizzlies who just said, yeah, the Knicks might get John Wall if they wanted to. They have no stock in the in the trade. There's nothing there, okay? And when it says stocking up the young assets, so what do you mean stocking up? They 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 already have their guys. I mean, unless they're going to then trade either well, they are going to try to trade Courtney Lee, um, or trade Cantor and then get somebody and then package that and trade for Wall. I don't see where they get when they're say stocking up. Like you can get John Wall tomorrow, tomorrow if anyone in the league wants him. Okay, this has been reported for years it's a known that once they gave john wall that contract and the way they played last season and the start of this season it has been a league-wide thing they they want to get rid of wall okay they want to get rid of his contract his contract is the immovable force of the nba okay it cannot be traded and for a team who has so far since this since this uh new regime is coming has done everything pretty much right and nick fans got to get out of this stockholm syndrome okay not every move that every gm makes is going to be a good one okay you have misses and you have some luck we people talk about the how danny age is the best gm in the league he almost gave up four first round picks for justice winslow four first round picks four okay they almost did that to get Jimmy Butler in Houston, okay? Those are the two best GMs, but you are spazzing over the fact that they might trade Nilakina. Might, might trade Nilakina, okay? So, when the organization comes out and says, we're not training any young players to um, get veterans where we can sign them in free agency, and they actually act on that. They don't trade for Jimmy Butler because... A, I don't believe Jimmy Butler is a good fit for the Knicks. Two, they had to trade assets to get him, which they don't have a lot anyway. And three, they told you they're going to do this in the beginning. But for some reason, you're crushing the team for not trading for a 30-year-old guy. And then they said, well, look at the Sixers. They got their players. The Sixers have two, two of the best 15 players in the league. The Knicks have one of those guys who has a torn ACL. One. Okay? But... Y'all here talking all this junk about how the team needs to do this move and that move when they come out and tell you they're not going to be good. They're not. Look at the roster. The coach came out and said that it's not about wins and losses, and people ran off to the streets saying that why do they care about wins and losses? Okay? The team isn't good. Okay? They're competitive, which is what they told you they wanted to be. Like, the Knicks have beaten this year a team that most people believe was going to the finals in the Boston Celtics on the road. They've beaten the team with the MVP on it and Giannis Antetokounmpo. They've beaten the New Orleans Pelicans with another potential MVP candidate in Anthony Davis at home. They've beaten the Memphis Grizzlies, who's had, at this point, the best record in the Western Conference on the road. Okay? Yet, and they don't have as much talent as any of those teams. And yes, they've gotten blown out by the Heat, by the Magic, by
by the Sixers. They should get blown out by those teams. Those teams are better than them. Okay? But the fact that they are still competitive in these games gives, gives you a gives you an idea of what this coach is trying to do. And I'm not saying Fizdale is perfect. He's obviously got his flaws because I criticized him on the out-of-bounds play. I thought he lost the game against Chicago a few weeks back when they just isolated Alonzo Trier three straight possessions. But you got to get this time. It's only been like 25 games. And the idea that they are trying to trade for Wall is mind-numbing. So that is just springboarding me to the place where I really want to talk to. The media versus Nick's Twitter. For some reason, it seems like the blogs, the tweets, the people that I've seen are more in touch with the team than the actual, like, sports media you have people crushing the team for losing games when they told you they're going to be a bad team and what the prospect is so you can't have it both ways okay you can't say this team is terrible they need to get better they need to win more games and then on the other hand go oh why are they winning games they need to lose so they can get draft picks it doesn't work they're either going to be bad or they're going to be good it's there's no in between all right you can be good bad you can be bad, good. Like last season, the Wizards were bad, good. They were a, a good team that were playing terribly. Knicks are a bad team who plays well. Okay, they're a bad basketball team, and so they have a bunch of reclamation projects who, at the trade deadline, will hopefully be traded. Enos Cancer will probably be traded. Uh, Trey Burke is probably going to be traded. Okay, Emmanuel Moutier, we'll see how that goes, but maybe he gets traded. I don't know. Frank Nielakina might get traded. We don't know. But the fact that the fact that this is so diverse, where the 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 Knicks media is liter is literally like, I almost feel clueless about what's happening. Is almost shocking. Like we're supposed to be the most technically sound media in the world and for some reason it's almost like it's almost like you guys don't watch the games it's almost like you guys aren't paying attention to what the team is telling you like they told you they're gonna be bad they did now if the Knicks were getting ran out the gym every single night and getting and losing by 50 40 30 points a game Yes, you can be critical of that because at some point at the end at the end of the day you are a professional athlete you are getting paid to play a sport the difference between the best player in the league and the worst player in the league is not as wide as a 50-point game, necessarily. But they haven't done that. They haven't been that bad. I just listed to you the three games that got blown out in, one, two of them being on back-to-backs, uh, okay? And they're playing hard. They're playing well. In games that you would think they should get blown out, they're not. And they keep it close all the time against teams that are significantly better than them. Okay. Right now, the best player playing on the team who was playing the best was a guy who was on his fifth team in four years and Noah Vonley and didn't have a contract in September at the beginning of September. That is the guy who is the best player on the team playing the best right now. Okay. Yet for some reason they keep killing this team and it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. So that's why, again, when I talk about Stockholm Syndrome, you keep believing something bad is going to happen when it's not. Now, 
I'm going to spin that into going into the future meeting, obviously with Kevin Durant. Now, if you read the Bleacher Report article, they did a nice synopsis of talking about LeBron James and the Lakers drama with the reporting with the media. Now, it clearly shows that the NBA player and the NBA media are at more of odds than ever before. The players feel like they don't need the media. They feel like they can just tweet. They can talk. They can do interviews, podcasts, whatever. They don't need to necessarily do a report every single time they just had a close game or whatnot. And Kevin Durant's always talking about they those circus that they seem around LeBron James and how he's not really into that. Like, I understand that we're so star- – the Knicks are so thirsty, so thirsty to be good that they are willing to do – their fans and the media are doing, willing to do whatever it takes to get Kevin Durant or whatever it takes to become relevant. But you have to play the long game, okay? This is the one – this is the only league, I would say, the only league where not everyone can win. Okay, not everyone when you get the postseason has a chance. You don't. The best team wins 99% of the time. The best team with the best players win. Okay, an eight seed is not being a one seed unless there was a horrific injury to that player and then they come back. Okay, typically the one seed plays the one seed in the finals. Okay, that's just that's just that's just what it is. All right, and so. For this team to want to get these players to get, I don't know, the sixth seed is not smart, okay? The way the game is set up is for you to be as bad as possible and basically get... There's a reason why they call it a lottery, because it's just lottery tickets. You don't know what these guys are. And as much as you might hate what Philadelphia did, you might think that that was really dumb, but... You have to keep getting lottery tickets. It's the only reason why I personally believe that this is, excuse, this is more of an issue with the Knicks as opposed to the Sixers is because they gave it a name. They called it the process. And if you saw the things that they were doing, that was, that was embarrassing to basketball. They were getting smacked by 30, 40, 50 points a game. And so for this team, who has some young talent, who has some ability. Getting Kevin Durant is not the end-all, be-all, okay? It isn't. You already have who you believe is a top seven to top five player in the league at some point. Not Obviously not right now, but at some point. You think you have that guy. And at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is having that dude. Now, if you don't believe he's that dude, okay. That's fine. Trade him or try to acquire that guy. But that's all that matters. All that matters is getting that guy. And if you have that guy, the second most important thing, the next most important thing to do is get the other that guy. Okay? Whether it's trade, free agency, whatever. Just get him. You can find, an, I, I, again, I love Neil Aquina. You can find Neil Aquina. You can find a rim protecting center. You can find a backup guy who can shoot off the bench. You can find you can find these guys, but if you don't have that dude, and if he doesn't have that dude, and in some circumstance, if he doesn't have that dude, you're not winning. 
So again, it's much easier to go from terrible to great than to go from average to good. Okay. Do you just want to be the, the Toronto Raptors of the 2020s where you just have two relatively decent players? You'll make the playoffs. You might win a couple of rounds, but you're never really contenders. That's what the Raptors did. And you know what they did? They said, this isn't working. Let's go get the best player available that we can get. And they got an MVP candidate, and there's actually a chance they can get to the finals. No one believed the Raptors were getting to the finals last year because they, they couldn't beat LeBron. Like, no one actually believed that. They can actually get to the finals this year now. They have that dude. So, for all this, like, talk, and I, get, I went on, like, a bunch of different angles, and I hope you guys stayed with me if you guys are still listening. But at the end of the day, Alan Hans says it best. You got to get the franchise healthy. And you got to stop acting so goddamn thirsty over everything. So stay focused, stay the course. And as of right now, this is exactly how the next season should have gone. It's going exactly how it should have gone. Now, maybe they've won too many games, but the course will correct itself. Because if you looked at that January schedule, oh boy, it is a lot. It is a lot to look at. All right, back with it. So we're kind of spearheaded all this, I guess, drama, which ironically hasn't actually come from the Knicks themselves, um, was the issue of trading Frank Milikina, which was I talked about it. I gave the report, not the report, but I spoke about it last week, last week's podcast. And again, I'm not in favor of trading him. However, it's getting close to the trade deadline, and evaluating his trade, you know, ability is interesting. Now, there have been multiple teams that have contacted the Knicks. Orlando, Memphis, uh, the Suns, Brooklyn, they've all contacted the Knicks to see Nayla Keena's availability. Now, I think that none of this, again, is coming from the Knicks. It's just all reported that they're out on him. And now he's currently getting DMPs. The issue, obviously, I have is with the DMPs is this. Is there a way for him to get back into the rotation? See, when people, because people want to make the comparison between um, Dotson and Mario Hazonia, how Dotson went from, you know, starting to DMPs and they put Hazonia in the game. And they go, well, that can also happen to Neil Aquino. The major difference is clear that Mario Hazonia isn't playing well. He's not playing well. He's turning the ball over crazy, just doing really bad things with the basketball. He had one moment where he stepped over Giannis, and Giannis put up like 33 and 18 after that. So he didn't really do too much to really uh, ingratiate himself of actually playing well, playing good basketball, I should say. So the difference between Dot and that is that Hazonia 
we, he clearly was just doing that so Hazonia can get some minutes and play, but Hazonia hasn't played well. Um, but the issue with, with Neil Aquina is that he had, you know, now three guys ahead of him who's played better than him. Tim Hardaway, not, I'm sorry, uh, Trey Burke, Alonzo Trier, and um, Emmanuel Moutier. Even in the game against, I think it was Milwaukee, Trey got, yeah, Trey Burke got hurt, I think, against Milwaukee. Where Fizz didn't even put, uh, he he elected to not have a point guard on the floor because that's how much he didn't want to play Neil Aquina, and that that to me is striking. That was the game where um, Burke got hurt, and he didn't even want Neil Aquina in the game at all. And so, if you read his quotes, you read the stuff I'm talking about. He hasn't lost complete faith in him, whatever, all sort of stuff. I'm thinking that a trade is happening for a couple of reasons. You play to get better. And if this is a year where wins and losses do not matter, then he has to play. There's no reason to trade Trey. There's no reason to play Burke. He's not going to be here. There's no reason to play Trey at the point. He's not a point guard. If you think you have something in Moutier, then okay. But Neil Aquina needs to be the backup point guard. Now, if you are just using Burke, play him, all right, you see what he does. Unfortunately, he got hurt. You can then trade him. Okay. But he's hurt now. There's no reason for him to stay on the bench. Now, if you just think he he's had too much of a moment, he needs to take a step back, I don't see why him going down to the G League is such a bad thing. One of your better players on your team literally saved his career by going down to the G League, and he came back up. And I don't think people realize the G League affiliate of the Knicks, the Westchester Knicks, have the best record in the Eastern Conference. Whatever that means to whatever y'all want to think, he has that. They have that. They had the coach of the year down there in Mike Miller. Why is it such a bad look for someone like Anil Aquina to go down to the G League and just relearn, get some confidence, just play. I don't understand. Like you play basketball, not playing does not make you better. It doesn't. So the idea that he's been benched and granted, I'm going to give it complete understanding. He was not playing well and he should have gotten benched. But if you're trying to tell me that this is a year where we are trying to evaluate our team and get better, then you need to get him right. Moutier is playing the best of his career right now. And to me personally, I think it's a very janky. If you just watch the games, he's making a lot of really bad shots. Um, and he comes and goes. Now, I would say send him out to the G League now, but this cheer injury kind of complicates things because if, you know, if, God forbid, Moutier went down or Trier went down, you, you do actually need another point guard. There isn't another one on the team. So right now I've read that uh, Trier has a – not Trier uh, – Burke has a mild uh, MCL sprain. I don't know if that is knee injuries, as we all know with uh, Frank Neal, uh, with uh, Chris Esporzingis, very funky. So we want to get Burke as right as possible for, let's say, we bring him back into the lineup. But if they're okay with just playing Moutier and just playing Trier at the point, they need to just send him down 
and just let him play. And after the trade deadline, they can simply just bring him back up because I don't see the need. He's he's playing as worse as he played last year. His trade value is in the is as low as it's probably going to be unless he gets hurt. Like he's been terrible on offense. He's had two straight. He hasn't scored a basket. I don't think in December. He hasn't played well. And so the idea that his trade value can get worse is unbelievable. He's not playing well. So if he goes down to the G League and then you bring him back, and let's say he plays a little bit better, but you go, his shot's just not his shot. He's not going to make it. This isn't really a place for him, and you want to trade him, then just trade him in the offseason. Like, I, I don't I don't get the, the rush to want to trade him now. Like, why are you going to pair him with one of your bad contracts, quote-unquote, your bad contracts, that aren't that bad? Like, it's not like Lee. The two contracts people want to talk about is Lee and and uh, Tim Hardaway. Honestly, the bad contract is really Ines Cancer, who's playing well, but he's not going to give you anything in the playoffs. You know, I can understand if you want to go, all right, we'll give you Neil Kina and – in this cancer and you'll give us something back. Like, cause Neil Aquino might actually be a good player. And then in his, in his cancer, it's not gonna be able to play in the playoffs. <laughs> um, so I don't understand the idea that you could just trade Lee and you could just trade Tim Hardaway, maybe not Tim Hardaway necessarily, but you could definitely just trade Lee straight up for something. And obviously you see some of the trades that we have up, obviously just on bleach report. They have a trade. Ironically, I actually thought of this trade. Um, because I was just looking, just trying to find a team to get Houston accordingly. So according to Bleach Report, let me find who wrote this. I'm sorry. Take a couple seconds. Uh, Dan Fairvell. Fairvell. Sorry if I screwed up your name. But Houston will receive Kadeem Birch and Courtney Lee. The Knicks will receive uh, Jarrell Martin and Terrence Ross. And Orlando will get Brandon Knight, Frank Nielkina, 2021 second-round pick from Houston. Now, in a vacuum... I don't think that's the worst deal. I actually thought about that deal. I don't think that's the worst deal. Uh, you get Houston, the shooter that they want, and accordingly, and the defender. They can, you know, pretty much just have five guards on the, on the court at one point. Um, the Knicks get cat space. It's basically all they basically get. And Terrence Ross for five months <laughs> or three months, I guess. And then Orlando gets uh, two intriguing players, two former lottery picks. Uh, one who's still, for some reason, still hurt, and Frank Nilakina, who, you know, basically can play point guard while backing up DJ Augustine. While that is an, an intriguing trade, I still wouldn't do this because he has two more years left on his contract. He can't play worse. Like, this isn't like he's averaging, like, it's like Jalen Brown struggling. It's like, okay, he can play better. We've seen him play better. He's playing this bad. Like he he can't play. He's not averaging points, rebounds, or he had two games where he the the most he had I think was four fouls and like two rebounds. He can't. He physically can't play any worse. So trading him now would just be idiotic. Um, I would not trade him. I don't think the Knicks should trade him. I think they can or they will trade him soon. Um, And just that it's something that is on the back of my mind, definitely on the back of the the team's mind, uh, 
but it's something that I definitely think should be should not be a part of their thinking as of right now. All right, we're back. All right, I'm going to wrap this up in a few moments because we're going on for a little bit long. So, obviously, then we're talking about uh, who will be the final starting lineup. This will be the 25th game the Knicks play um, on Thursday against the Boston Celtics, and that's when, you know, Fizzle kind of gave that quote about, I'm going to set my starting lineup. Uh, I... I believe that this isn't going to be the official starting lineup because I feel like people will be traded from this starting lineup. However, I think the lineup will be something in the in a sense of Moutier and Tim Hardaway in the front court. I mean, wow, in the back court. Vonley and Cantor have been played really well together. They'll be your four and five. The three spot is the biggest question mark. Do you give it to Knox, who had a really good game on um, again on Saturday against the Bucks, career high twenty six points. He had a so so game. He didn't. I thought he played pretty well, honestly, um, against the Wizards on Monday. Damian Dotson who has been one of the hottest Knicks on the team. He's kind of just there doing his thing. Uh, might might be getting slightly overrated just a little bit. You know, I, I think I think a lot of his play has been good, not great, but I think he's kind of being pumped up as being like a guy who can be like a, a great, great player or a really good player. I think he's just kind of a... This is kind of what he is. He's he's a he's a very decent role player. Or you stick to script, you play, keep playing Mario Hizonia basically as a opener and MLB and just yank him and then just put a new lineup out there. Okay. I believe that I believe that uh I believe that Fizdale will go with Knox, and here's why. It's not that he's played better than Dotson. I don't think he's played better than Dotson. But he can't keep playing Hazonia out there. Hazonia is just – he's turning the ball over way too much. He's making hes making too many mistakes out there. And at the end of the day, you want to build um, – you want to build habits on a team that's able to, to carry over. And he's just – he's turning the ball over too much. He's making too many bad plays. So it really comes down to playing um, Dotson or Knox. I feel that it's better to play Knox to start because of this. 
He doesn't need the ball in his hand to score. He's a good jump shooting um, player. He's long, so he's able to play the three, and he's 6'9", so he's perfect size to play the three position. Um, he's not the best defender, but, I mean, listen, the team has Moutier, Tim Hardaway, and Enos Cantor on the floor. None of them are good defenders. So, obviously, they're not going to be able to, to stop anybody. So, his height does play an advantage. And the fact that he was able to actually get some rebounds. He's been rebounding very well the last couple of games. Um, so, I think that he his impact in the starting lineup could be felt more. He'd be able to get more into the flow of the game quickly. I think the thing with him is that he needs time to really rev up his engine, as one would say. And... Uh, and just have that. I think it's a lot better for him to be in the starting lineup as opposed to Dotson because when you bring Trier, Dotson, and uh, Robinson in the game, you can then have a team that, you know, Trier's kind of controlling the game, and then you can have Dotson to kind of slow some things down, take some shots when Trier's kind of like just thinking about isoing the whole time. And obviously you have Robinson in the game to clean up when, you know, the defenders – don't do well. Uh, so I think Knox will be the starting the starter, but I've been wrong all season. I thought he was going to be a starter opening day. He wasn't a starter opening day. I thought that Richard Rob- I thought Enos Cantor would never get benched. He would start the entire season. I was wrong. Mitchell Robinson started to start. I thought that uh, <laughs> I thought that Damian Dotson wasn't that good. He wasn't getting any play time. He became a starter and then he got good. So I have been wrong a lot this season about this team, which has been good and bad. Uh, but that's just the, the the team that I have in my head starting up. Um, and finally, obviously, I like to end. You know, guys, this is the mashup part. This is the time where I like to take obviously some little sports. Uh, we've been doing I've been music, doing music a lot, but I'm doing music again since the end of the year. So I recently just went to a panel discussion about the best uh, albums, music artists that came out this year. Just kind of music discussion. If you guys don't know, I love music. I love talking about music, writing about music. Um, it's it's the best way for us to speak to one another um, in a euphoric kind of way. So speaking of this music and this music idea, this idea I've had, I've pursued a career in doing this, kind of trying to do this. And I've been knocked down many times, many, 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 many a time. And it's been frustrating. It's been depressing depressing is probably the key word I want to use for this. And it's been, it's, it's been the hardest thing I've ever done with my life. Hardest thing by far, not even a question is trying to pursue the, you know, these, these venues. And I feel a lot of times that I'm the, you know, the kid who's new, who's trying to figure things out and try to get into the door of a whole bunch of people who've already been in class for two, three years together. I don't, I don't know anybody. Um, but as discouraged as I feel from time to time, as uh, mentally draining I do feel from time to time, uh, I would suggest to anyone everywhere who's listening that just think of your life, whether you're young, old, or whatever, it doesn't matter what age you are, and think of it, what would it be like, or what it, what it is like when you're not doing the thing you really want to do. It doesn't matter for money. It doesn't matter if it's whatever, but just not doing the thing you love or even like, tolerate. It's 
it's like it's like you're it's like you're standing in a pool and you have a weight on your ankle and your lips are the only things above the surface of the water. You're alive, but are you really living? So this is a classic pursue your dreams, whatever kind of thing, but it's more of just about stay focused on what you want to do and just enjoy the process. I try to find, I, I really love the, the weekend's album um, more because of the title. And it was just about the beauty of the madness, beauty in the madness where people always like to say there's beauty and destruction is you can find a silver lining in anything. Uh, and while I don't believe, you know, that's all the way true. Uh, I definitely do feel that it's something that for us, in our generation who's trying to make it in whatever business or whatever you want to do, you got to keep smiling. And that's what I'm just going to keep on doing throughout this next season and throughout my life. Just going to keep on smiling. So thank you guys again for listening to the daily Knicks podcast. Again, make sure you guys follow me at Justin cred 92 on Twitter and on IG. Make sure you follow the daily Knicks account. Now this is where all the good stuff comes in and comes about. Um, I will be back next week, I think. Yeah, yeah. I got one more week before Christmas. And maybe I'll do a little show. I've, I've Maybe I have a little guest around Christmas time or whatever for you guys. And then we can just drop it then. So, uh, yeah. Go Knicks and uh, keep on listening.